Welcome to Talking in Stations, a podcast about EVE Online, recorded live on Twitch, Saturdays, 1500 Universal Time. I am Matt Arall from Imperium News. Today we're going to focus on Bernjita. I believe it's Bernjita number four, and it is essentially a giant gank fest put on by uh, the Goon Swarm's Mini Love, which is a group that actually hangs out in high-sec, interdicting freighters as they move stuff back and forth through Empire. We have the leader of Mini Love and a few other guests, so we're going to go ahead and skip the introduction today and move into the show. And I want to say hello to Carneros. Good morning. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Carneros is from Bastion. He's the CEO and leader of Bastion and also a high-ranking member of the Empire. Do they call you an aristocrat or something? Autocrat. Autocrat, yeah. Awesome. And we also have Tiberius Stargazer with us. Tiberius Stargazer, uh, writer and editor for EN24, um, editor-in-chief for EVENT, also a member of Destructive Influence in Northern Coalition. As am I. We're both from the same corporation. Yay. Yeah. And uh, That's all your fault, missing this goddamn fight. <laughs> we'll get to that. Hold on. I also want to introduce our guest today, starting with the a leader of uh, the Ministry of Love, Mini Love, and that is Bony Tooth Thompson. Tompkins. Yes, Chip. Yes, Chip. I'm sorry. I didn't know if that was a descriptor. Bony Tooth no, Tompkins. Name. Say your name for me, Zoe. Bony Tooth Tompkins is Chip. How are you? Uh, I'm tired. We've been ganking, ganked like 20 hours yesterday. I'm ganking right now, in fact. Wow. <laughs> I'm Dedication. ganking. Uh, and also, we have with us today uh, someone from the news uh, who wrote an article on Bernjita, uh, and she's also an FC Kayala Hashian. How are you, Kayala? Uh, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I have not been awake quite as much as uh, Bernie has been on this, but I've, uh, I have been doing some of the, the Bernjita fleets as well, so it's been fun. Good. We'll talk about the article in just a minute. And I guess right now, we just, uh, NC just killed a Titan from Init, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it looks like, I'm, I'm trying to find out what's what's going on with that, but it looks like uh, the initiative put up a fleet to defend the moon, and they dropped a bunch of Titans, at least four, from what I can see, but four, four of them titans. got out. Oh, yeah, yeah but, but three of them got out, one of them's died, including, uh, let's have a look, but it looks like... It looks like it might be quite even on the ISK war because it looks like the NC uh, Macario fleet got bombed and a lot of that died. So it, it's looking like it could be quite a close close battle if you're taking the ISK war into account. But it looks like uh, they've they've lost the tower that oh, they were trying to defend. Yeah, it win it. Uh, it win it. In it. Um, <laughs> in it to win it. <laughs> in it to win it because they took out some Macarials. They're not going down softly. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Right, so let's kind of spin a, a week full of news, hasn't it? Let's go with the cloud ring fight that happened in U.S. Times. Again. You know all about that one. Yeah, it's all about. Uh, I, well, actually, I Car- didn't want to see the pings. <laughs> I, I think Carneros was there too, but let me just set it up that that happened uh, in yep. F- FC7 TAC H0, and that is in uh, cloud ring. Uh, that is the space uh, home for Init uh, initiative. And. Uh, I guess it was Horde that decided to try to take down the tower, and it kind of escalated with uh, NC helping out, and also, what is it, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, or was it 
yeah, well, dark Yeah, uh, on on one side, and then on the other, the Imperium, right? Yeah. Who, yeah. who else was there? I mean, for you guys, it was just the Imperium on our side. Mm. Just in a that was I hadn't been in a brawl like that in a while. It was uh, pretty interesting because it really was an, an escalation. One, sh- you know, one group of ships, and then came capitals, and then came, you know, they met. It was very much like gambling. You know, you put your chips on the table push them forward and then the other person's not going to fold they put their chips on the table and it went like that for a while but what was it like for you carneros well i i went in dual boxing a pair of boosters so i'm in two command ships and an eos and a damnation both dead hmm. now uh and uh at one point in, uh, layers of escalation are happening and Apparently, we had a dread cache nearby, and they said, who's around that can get in that? And I pulled out my, my Kyneros character and jumped in a Moros in that, from that dread cache, and we all jumped in together. It's one of the escalations in that pile. That was, that was pretty fun. At, at that current moment in the fighting, it was perfectly acceptable to pay little attention to the two command ships and just focus on the dreadnought. And of course, dreadnoughts are not popping between targets super quickly. So you have time to keep looking and making sure you're you're still where you're supposed to be with the other ship and stuff. Yeah. Most of that dread bomb died. Uh, actually, there was kind of two groups of dreads on the Imperium side because the initiative had their own in their own fleet. And then the the rest of the folks that normally live in Delve that came up to help that actually used the bomb, the cash dreads for their bomb. Those guys were in a separate fleet. Uh, and that fleet, as far as I know, I'm the only one who got out alive. <laughs> I think you were, because there's a lot of debris. We were using a, a kiting doctrine, so we were moving around fast on the outside of the fight, just shooting in and essentially like horror, kill more, kill male whoring on everything. And I, I remember after, they're like, there's nothing left to shoot, so... Um, you know, loot if you can, because everybody else is. So I flew to the nearest, uh, what was it, Apostle or something, uh, it's, uh, uh, the Force Auxiliaries. And I thought, well, <laughs> I felt like an ant trying to carry like, you know, a dead animal. It was way too big for what I had in my cargo. So I opened it and I'm like, I'll take that. Can't fit. I'll take that. Can't fit. I'm like, what's wrong with this stuff? It's all giant. But it was all T2. You guys have some really shiny stuff. Yeah, but I ended up not getting anything. But what was interesting about that fight that didn't get covered much was after the fight broke up, the Imperium was retreating and we decided to pursue. And it was like, I fell behind because I, I hit some lag, of, which is unusual because usually I just make mistakes when I'm piloting. But this time I actually hit lag and couldn't get myself uh, to caught up with the group. So uh, I realized that I'm actually a pretty good pilot. Like I, I turned off my... Uh, you know, uh, hardeners or whatever it was, shield plates. And I turned all that stuff off so I could move faster. And I was trying to catch up to my guys so I didn't get, you know, caught by the locals and and, uh, killed. I hit a bubble at like 120 out. uh, So I didn't slow boat forward. I actually flew backwards and then warped. And I was just like, oh, wow, who's who's playing this game? It's not usually me. Usually I'm crashing into things. So that was pretty exciting. Uh, and then the, that pursuit went on for like 12 jumps, it felt like. Uh, and then we finally actually caught them. And they caught, I think they caught about five or six uh, T3s. So the whole fight was a great brawl for you know many, many minutes. And then uh, a hot pursuit. So it was really exciting. 
what wasn't exciting was everybody had to you know slow boat back to our wormhole and it was like people were dying of lack of sleep a uh, very unusual time but yeah it was a good fight i think people you know look at that fight and say it was, it was a lot of fun so those are the two fights right uh some action going on in cloud rain it'll be interesting to see what goes on there uh, later on all right yeah uh, it looks like it's uh, okay. becoming a bit of a focal point for uh for a bit of a you know a bit of two in the throwing um with last night's fight and today's fight so yeah it'd be interesting to work out what's going on over there like to uh, real quickly say hello to captain longbone for his three dollar tip thank you appreciate that let's move on to hick changes you guys want to talk about that yes do it i'm doing it um so <laughs> after much much discussion about the power of hicks usually involves in a lot of uh, tiers and, and on Reddit and the forums, um, it looks like CCP have finally decided to make a change to them. So whereas at the moment you can fit a, a warp scrambling module onto a, HIC, uh, a high slot of a HIC and put a script in it and it makes it a really, really long scrambling uh, scrambler, uh, they're removing the scrambling effect and making it a really, really long point instead. But they're introducing another script as well which will allow it to scramble, but it will give it a 20% reduction in range to what it can do at the moment, which is a change I think a lot of people have been asking for because hick points with their scrambling effect, you know, has been considered quite overpowered for a while now. Yeah. That was, a um, you know, Grath uh, talking went over it on open about how overpowered they were. If you want to catch that conversation. Well, what else we got? Uh, we got uh, mobile warp disruptor changes. You're going to get kill mails for killing them, which is always a good place to start as well. Um, <laughs> but they're actually going to have a lifespan now. So you can't just, just drop like 120 of them or 5 billion-esque worth of them on a gate, mm. and then they just stay there forever and ever. I guess that was tweeted uh, out. That was a system with a bunch of stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. There was one system that CCP Fuzzy tweeted out and said that a system had over 5 billion-esque worth of mobile warp disruptors in it. Carnaris, Which, yeah, they also they also did a sort of a tier side to the bubbles, and they made yes. the they made the uh, faction ones meaningful. That was a nice layer. I also want to point out that this was one of those things that they ran past the community in advance and talked to us about and said, "What do you think? What do you think?" Uh, before they tweaked it, this wasn't a surprise. Because mm. mm. I mean. I, I saw snap polls going out on Twitter and things where Fuzzy was like, uh, how long do you think they should last? You know, And he was just doing a Twitter poll and people were putting in their own thing. But it turns out they've settled on, it's two <laughs> days for the T1s and two weeks for the T2s. Okay, the big one is the Rorkel nerf, right? Yes. Yeah. So what's got people upset? To kind of get in that show, I haven't done the math on this. I'm just just sort of parroting what other people have been saying. Um, but the Rorquals are getting another nerf to their mining yield. And some people are throwing out figures saying that it makes the equivalent of two hulks or just a bit better than a walker, which a lot of people are quite angry about because whereas an orca is like a 600, 700 mil ship, um, once you fitted it with the drones and things like that, the Rorqual is obviously a five, six billion-esque ship, and people are like, well, where's the disparity in, you know, in the price? And I think 
versus its performance. And I think a lot of people are quite mad about that. Um, and a lot of people are quite critical about it because it hasn't addressed the innate problem that a lot of people are seeing that the Rockles are still being used as combat carriers. The panic module is getting a nerf in the fact that unless you're targeting an act- asteroid, you can't activate the panic module. So the invulnerable jump pick is disappearing, but you're still going to have a effectively a fax, a shield fax that can jump around uh, the same range as a jump freighter. So is it still too powerful? Maybe. Carneros? Well, you look at the context for a moment. You got, you got um, a group of people who just got into Aurora Wall based on the most recent set of, uh, of, of tuning. And those people paid a lot of money to get into it. That's right. And you have a much smaller group of people who were who had Rorquals back in the past who used them inside of a POS force field to boost off-grid miners and not very much else back in the day. I mean, you got some logistics guys who jumped around in them and took care of towers, and you got a few other things that people did with Rorquals, but mostly they sat in a tower and didn't do much. Yeah. Well, those people were really excited when suddenly the Oracle was a relevant thing and actually could make them some money and, and such. Those people are probably going back to, oh, well, they're going to suck again. And I'll just use it for logistics work. And then uh, the people who just got them are bummed, particularly the people who got them, tried it out a little bit, and then said, oh, I'll get a second one for PvP use. And those people are bummed. Yeah, because a lot of people, it's a whole different training uh direction so you know if most pvpers really hadn't gone in that direction until recently so to catch up quickly they probably bought a lot of injectors and that sort of stuff yeah so kiel did you want to say something about yeah there are also a number of people that ended up multi-boxing you know significant numbers of oracles after the uh, you know after the change because as you know, back in the Citadel release, when they changed the fighter mechanics, you could no longer easily multi-box carriers anymore. Um, so that left, you know, a gap for the high-end multi-boxers. And, you know, the Oracles kind of felt that for a little while. And that's probably what's making the biggest impact, what's probably scaring CCP the most, as far as the economic effects. But I think they're maybe overacting just a little bit. Are they is are these proposed changes or are these the changes that are going to happen? They're proposed at this moment. So like the the feedback threads are up on the forum, and in in fact the Rorqual one, like the the fighter change one, has just giving them a little extra sig radius is like got twenty four responses on it um, since Friday, and the Rorqual one has four hundred and fifty plus <laughs> since Friday. So give you an idea. Of, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people giving a lot of feedback on that. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me, though, I have um, been copying Rorqual blueprints for about two years now. So I have a bunch, and uh, they're all ME9, which is pretty good because you can only get 10. And we're going to give one of those out today, and we're going to also give out a couple or three Orca blueprints in case you guys want them. We'll just uh, separate those out. I'll have McLeod pick some people from the audience at total random. <laughs> And uh, I don't know how people do it because we haven't done this before, but I want to do some giveaways and stuff because uh, this, you know, I have this little stash and I might as well use it for. Although it's probably the wrong time to do it, right? Oracles would kind of be the thing. Like, 
because it's consolation prize. That's all right. If you want to get rid of them all because they're trash now, you can just give them all to me. I'll, I'll, I'll put them to good use. <clears throat> they look after your court mates. <laughs> I will. I think from every every show for this, you know, the next few months is going to have a Roracle and some Orca blueprints given away or something. Uh, well, thematically we'll appropriate. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. Yeah, so that is a big deal. And we'll see how that goes with all the feedback. There's definitely a lot of people uh, upset about it. What was next, Tiberius? The mining drone skills um, are getting their long-awaited change. So, you know, they're, they're being tweaked to be more in line with every other sort of transitional Tech 1 to Tech 2 skills after the, the grace period of just the, the transitional grace period for them. And then the next one is the supers um, and fighter balance tweaks. Uh, we got a SIG increase on all fighters, which is, um, you know, just making them all a little bit bigger and a little bit easier to hit. And the shadows are getting a bit of a buff, which I'm pretty sure people like Rocket X would be very happy with. Um, no. <laughs> that's not a buff. That's, that's irrelevant noise. You still have no reason to use shadows. I have a whole <laughs> stack of them. I never put them in the in the damn ship. They sit in the cargo in the uh, they sit in the hangar. Because the the uh, whereas all the other fighters have like some sort of offensive weapon, like the the heavy missile swarm or the air of effect bomb, the shadows is literally suicide into the side of a ship and explode <laughs> type effect. It's like and, they, and they're still not cheap. They are outrageously expensive. Yeah. It would yeah, be great yeah. if that were an option, but it still actually had some high-level ability you could use other than that. Uh, but no, all you can do is fly around with them and look pretty. Oh, that's <laughs> lame. So, so, yeah. so it looks like they're upping the damage to EM and thermal on them. So whether they'll make them more useful? <laughs> irrelevant. Uh, totally <laughs> irrelevant. Totally irrelevant. It doesn't make up for the no heavy salvo or no heavy anything. Yeah. That's fair enough. And the Wyvern and the Hell are getting a much needed increase into their hangar base size. I, I never understood why they were so small to begin with, but they are getting a much needed buff to their hangar base sizes. Going back to the shadows for a second too, it's also kind of like a you know, an opportunity they could have had to do something nice for the incursion community. Because one of the shadows is sometimes one of the best options I could possibly drop from the mothership if you if you kill her. Mm. Uh, but if it sucks, I mean, dude, yeah. yeah killing a mothership is kind of rare. Well, I don't know if it's rare anymore, but it was. Well, uh, killing a mothership that drops is quite rare. Um, because uh, do they only still drop from the low-sec incursions? Um, no. A, a no? low-sec incursion can drop shadows, and it's the best possible thing that could drop. Oh, but it's the no, it's the low sec ones that can only drop the uh, the revenant. Is that right? right? Correct. By the way, I'll I'll tell you guys a secret. Uh, actually, some of the hardcore incursion folks know this already, but a lot of people don't know this. Each morning after downtime, when the uh, after okay for an incursion where the mothership has arrived on grit. And you can tell that if you go through an incursion zone, because there'll be a little skull and crossbones icon that says there's a, there's a mothership commanding their operations here now. But each morning after downtime, it spawns that ship with its, uh, with its uh, loot list for the day. It's loot for the day. 
And each day at downtime, that list gets rejuggled and the next day it gets a new one. So Wait, one of the things you can do, I didn't say it right. Someone can sort me out in a second. <laughs> one of the things you can do is right after downtime, send in a very careful cloaked scanning ship into the incursion, target the mom, well, decloak, target the mom, scan its cargo, see what it's got in it, cloak back up, get out alive, and decide if you want to kill the mom that day or farm the incursion for another day and kill it tomorrow. No way. Wow. <laughs> That's a hell of a so you tip. Turn up and go, go, oh, scan that. Uh, no rather than this one. Okay, we'll leave it for tomorrow. That can help you get more revenants, obviously. And help you avoid the crappy shadows because, dude, couldn't you have fixed this? But uh, anyway, I, I happen to know NC Dot knows this trick or I wouldn't have said it on the air. <laughs> Not this. Know, do, we even, do we even run incursions? If we do, I, I need to get in on the nice We used well. to. Yeah, sure. We used to. <laughs> we used to. It was high grade farming when it, when it kit in your soft space. You'd be like, hey, guys. They're going to have a standing incursion fleet. But that was when we were in the south, uh, Aquarius. Right. So where are we here? The One last thing on the uh, super tweaks. Uh, the uh, burst projectors are having an increased effect time, like um, up to 30%, uh, 30 seconds in some cases, which is great. The thing that jumped out at me is they announced uh, officially they're going to be shield slaves. Uh, right? Is that the first time they've said it's going to happen, or have they said we... The list of new implants that they were going to release came out at FanFest last year. There was a table that was released, and it, this was going in line with all the Shadow of the Serpent stuff with the new capitals and the Asclepian implants that that event dropped. So there was a, there is there has been a long-standing list of all sorts of different implants that were going to be released, including Shield Slave ones as well. Right. So those are coming out, and then they'll look to balance supers, shield supers specifically after that, because uh, they have they have the tendency to be, you know, zapped of their ca capacitor before they can be effective and stuff like that. Interesting. All right, and uh, this week in EV, that's um, on the forums, and that's put together by CCP Phantom. Thanks for doing that. Appreciate it. That has all the stuff happens in Eve from CCP's point of view. Official news, game news, uh, and a lot of community stuff in there as well. Right. That brings us really nice timing, about a half hour of news and stuff. We can now move on to our featured topic, which is Burn Jita. And I'd like to say hi to uh, Bony Tooth, and I'll stop there because it is <laughs> Bony Tooth Tompkins Isk Chip. Hi. How How's I'm, it going? I'm here. I'm bumping a freighter right now, still trying to get on the Burn Jita action. <laughs> um, Kiala, you wrote an article about this for uh, Imperium News. Do you want to tell us what? We yes, it was really interesting. Um, the start of, uh, I guess, the start of this week, um, Jason Kujan and Globby kind of hatched a little plot to um, leak a story to Reddit that was um, that you know that turned out to be completely false. But it was an interesting story because it. Um, the rumor mill got started and it just didn't stop. <laughs> Did anyone take the bait for that? Or a lot of people, people, a lot of people took the bait. I think our um, 
I think uh, Eve News 24 uh, took the bait even, uh, which was very surprising to me. But, oh, uh, it was surprising? Crossing, crossing Zebras <laughs> took the bait as well. Um, it was just, it just spiraled out of control. It started out, Jason was uh, planning to leave the conference elite because um, he needed to start his own corporation for logistics reasons. For the record, he he's like a he's like a fifteen character multi boxer, like one man ganking force that basically produces like eighty percent of the kill mills in Udama. Yeah, I mean wow. he's just <laughs> constantly solo ganking everything that he can in Udama. It's just insane. But anyway, um, he decides. Well, you know, it's going to start the rumor mill anyway when he when he leaves his corporation. Um, Conference Elite is a major corporation in Code Dot Alliance. Uh, which is an alliance completely dedicated to ganking. And in, in any case, he decided, you know, it's going to start the rumor mill anyway, so let's make it a good rumor. And he did. So he conspires with Globby, and the story gets out that he stole $500 billion from CodeDot. Oh, that story. Okay. By the way, I should um, say that was floated inside of... Uh... And this was all floated inside of Reddit. Yeah, and it also made it into Imperium News. It wasn't like we, but I, I think I wrote like, don't write anything until it's verified. Or an editor's channel, I think I put something like that in there. Yeah, and you know, we several people in INN thought, yeah, this looks fishy. Uh, some of us knew it was up and had to keep our mouths shut. Um, but um, yeah, there were there were people up in in the editors kind of squashing it so that um it wouldn't you know so that we wouldn't print false news yeah a bunch of people from imperium at the time were asking me if it was true or not and to be honest like i don't always know i was kind of in on this one from the start but there were a lot of parts of it that i had no idea about i know that they got the loot screenshots from mini love uh because code may or may not have had 500 billion of loot to screenshot at the time <laughs> what's but, the oh go ahead but like at that point uh, it became like really interesting to me that this ruse was happen happening because like we were in the middle of Burnjita planning. Uh, we hadn't even announced like the full date yet to the entire Imperium. And the issue is that once we make that post in the worm and on the Imperium forums uh, about when Burnjita is, like it's going to start getting leaked. It's generally an open fleet. It's like a wonderful place to like get shitters in and just like fuck with, uh, you know, the ganking fleets and whatever. So uh, we sat through a little bit of ruse on top of it. And the idea was that Jason Kujan, who does actually, he is, he's also an FC in Mini Love. He uh, does a lot of our production work, he'll FC ganks, he does a lot of support work. Uh, the rumor was, or the ruse was, that he also stole all the courses from Rangita. Now, 17,000 17, courses, I think, is what we did. Uh, we gave him a bunch of courses to screenshot, and we doctored some logs, and we uh, made some posts that quickly got hidden and erased in the Imperium forums and leaked that to Reddit. That actually took like a real stronghold with lots of people in the Imperium asking me, like, did you did you really get robbed? Did we is Burnjita really canceled? Is it delayed? The issue being that you can't just like vanish up like seventeen thousand coursers on the spot. That takes two weeks to produce. <laughs> okay, so, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, so we got a lot of we got a lot of people hooked on that one. That's when the Crossing Zebra article uh, came out, and everyone was sure of that. We've also been monitoring like. You know, our, we, have, we have spies and intel in like lots of various high sec places, and like lots of the high sec mercenary groups and the people that like to steal loot and uh, interfere with ganking all did it like hook, line, and sinker for about two weeks. 
Yeah, it was mm. pretty. It was pretty amazing the number of different people that were were biting on you know biting on this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, and and it, it just and it and it just kind of just continued to build. It just took on a life of its own. You know, first Jason stole five hundred billion from Code. Yeah, then, you know, he stole from Minilove. Then Code was shutting down. Then Code was sold for some ridiculous amount of ISK. Then, you know, Bernardino was delayed. Yeah, something like that. 80 billion. But then it turned out the guy that bought Code got scammed. <laughs> you guys really, you guys really layered this this deception yeah. over time. Uh, it, it was just a, it, it was like just, a drip, drip, drip. It was drip. just really, or you know, it was just really organic how it came together. Is it what? None of this was planned to this extent, but just it was just layered on top of layer, and you know, every time somebody was telling, you know, just seeing how far they could go with it. I don't know. I think like, that's one of like even... the cool parts about Burn Jita is that like at this point. All the gankers go out and like kind of have fun with the entire Eve community. We know we're going to Jita for a weekend, and anything we can do to like cause mischief or trouble or like ruin someone's day or ruse the community, like it's all up for grabs. We're all friendly enough with each other that I know if uh, Jason and Globby do like some ruse on code, like they know where we can get in on it and that we're not going to spoil it for people and we're not going to troll the shit out of them. Uh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, Kala, when you're finished with your article, let's let's actually go back and review what uh, high site ganking looks like in the relationship between mini love uh, code. So it all makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, that's a very good point. Um, um, going back to the ruse, um, we actually had a similar one uh, back when we did Burnamar back in 2015, uh, where we just kind of said that Burnamar was canceled. Um, and posted that on the forums, and then you know, we changed the Sorry, title of the article uh, to say Burnjita was canceled. But the article itself was the actual, you know, advice on how to, um, you know, how to participate. So you know, the the title of the article got like leaked um, in a screenshot of that, and you know, and a lot of people thought that it was that we'd really canceled Burnamar. Um, but as yeah, um, what you're asking about going back to the code dot mini love relationship. That is kind of interesting. Or actually, let's go one step further for people who are just joining us that don't know uh, they're new to Eve or something, but or actually don't even play, but are interested in in the game. Like, what happens in high sec? What is uh, Moni Tooth? Maybe you can answer this. Like, what is what is high sec ganking? Um. So the idea is that. Oh shit! My target just got away. The idea is that uh, <laughs> there's certain. That's when it's not. <laughs> yeah. It it got a warp to station. It's gone. Um. So the idea is that. Uh, at least for me, like I like high sec ganking. It's an interesting venue of gameplay that isn't like your traditional low sec or null sec gameplay, where people kind of dance around each other. Everyone at some point or another has to interact and in interact in high sec, whether it's because you're moving loot to Jita to sell, or you're moving ships and supplies out of Jita to get to your null sec or low sec stager. Uh, and so for me, ganking is like this really creative, emergent form of gameplay uh, that can have real effects on alliances, big and small, um, because. Like you're kind of short-circuiting the whole way that you would normally, uh, you know, inflict damage on somebody. Like if you wanted to kill a Cerberus fleet, the way you would do it is you would like hunt it down and track it and get intel on it when it's like roaming through your space or go try to bait out a fight in no sec, no sec or low sec. But this short-circuits that entire thing by like killing the freighter that's carrying the Cerberus fleet. Yeah, it reminds me of like cow tipping because uh, I'm from the country where three or four guys come up next to a cow and push it until it tips over. 
It's really an awful thing. I don't know why I thought of it, but that's kind of what. What? Yeah, it, it kills the cow. <laughs> Does it? That's awful. Yeah, that's horrible. Break, it breaks all the cow's ribs. I'm I'm from the south, so oh. I've never been cow, but I know about it. I've never. I've only heard. I have never even heard anybody. Just heard the you know the urban legend in the or the rural legend in that case, but yeah. So a lot of people coordinating their strength against one big animal. Is what yeah. Came to mind. And the idea is like, you know, in a single gank, we could kill 20 or 30 or 40 billion isk of supplies that might be going to Nolsack or Wozak or like, you know, going to our enemy's hands. And if a Nolsack fleet got a 40 billion isk victory, like a 40 billion to 3 billion isk victory, that would be huge. They would be pinging it all over the place. People would be making giant threads and like on the Goon Fleet forums being like, this fleet was so awesome. And we do that like on the daily. Um, it causes like hard logistical constraints. Uh, if we like gank a freighter that has a fleet in it, it's going to be another day before those ships are even in their stager mm -hmm. or can be flown. It puts external pressure on alliances during deployments, during war efforts. And most of all, like it's this constant ever flowing fount of content that I can give to like all the members of Mini Love and myself and constantly kill things, constantly have fun, make enough profit to keep it going, buy more ships, support the members. I want to interject again, sorry. I'm happy to see that people are saying it's a myth and uh... Uh, they're coming to the defense of the cows. I really appreciate that. Like, good. <laughs> Save the cows. Yeah. But kill the whales. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Bonnie, I interrupted you. Are you, is there oh, more cool. to say about it? Or I mean, I could go on for hours. You but... could, right? I, I think we should mm -hmm. just let you go on for hours. I mean, this is, uh, at this point, this is all I've been doing in the game for the last two years. Uh, yeah. About two and a half years ago, I joined Warakini and Mini Love uh, to start FCing and running things uh, after the Xboxer nerf. Uh, I've been at the helm for about a year and a half uh, without too much assistance from him. Um, it's great. I love it. Uh, originally, I liked killing things. Then after that, I liked like the salty tears the freighters give and the ransoms and the loot and the money. Do they actually and, give in to that? I mean, do they actually? Because I've been ganked. I've been no the tears. I've been ganked as in the freighter. Uh, I thought it's an empty jump freighter. Who would gank that? So I autopiloted, and of course, oh, I'll gank an empty jump freighter every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the guy writes me like he's really concerned about me. It's like this faux concern. Oh, that uh, sounds like uh, code. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I'm kind of sorry about that. How do you feel? <laughs> so I, I mean, was like, I feel great. I build these things, you know, kill more of them. I mean, right. it varies. It depends, like, really on the wealth of the person. Like, some people can shrug off an 11 billion like freighter loss, no problem. Some people just have lots of money in this game. But for everybody, that's like a significant chunk of their time that they lost if their freighter gets ganked. Yeah, you definitely, yeah. Uh, well, I remember one time one, when I worked at CCP, going by CCP Soundwave's desk in between meetings at work. And he said, hold on a second. And he turned to his desk and had an EVE client up. And he was autopiloting freighters through HiSec. <laughs> at work I, mean, that's, I thought that's you know better he's so funny he goes I don't give a fuck no one bothers with me <laughs> some uh, people some people do squeal a little bit though it just kind of yeah. depends on how impactful the loss is to them we uh, get some phrase that we call like an everything I own special it's like you know John Q pub ward sitting in heck and he, he's got all his stuff in his ships and he's like you know what I want to make a new start for myself I'm, I'm getting out of heck I'm going to go. I'm going to move to Renz. I'm going to pack everything I own in this freighter. I'm going to undock yeah. it. I'm going to truck it across the universe to my new stager. I'm going, going to. Their life is going to be better. I'm going to California. Except <laughs> he like, encounters a material on the way. And then <laughs> next thing he knows, his stuff is covered in pod goo and scattered all across Palais. 
okay, that would hurt my feelings. So you, you run into those and they... Yeah, like you can always tell when it's that person because they have all like the gift items CCP gives you in their hangar. Like they've got like exotic dancers and like Alliance tournament cards and uh, Alex Saki's good posting guide. And then like a bunch of frigates and a couple rookie ships and some civilian modules. And it's like, why are you carrying this stuff anywhere? Because it's everything you own, I yeah. guess. So is that an especially good target if you see that kind of stuff? It's um, it's interesting from like a personal uh, yeah. entertainment kind of way. But most of the time, many love books for freighters are worth five billion isk or more, or that are particularly hostile. So test CO two, NC PL, Panfam. So it's also like um, kind of like a supply chain interdiction too. You guys are out yes. to disrupt the enemy. Uh, that's the that is the purpose of it. But first first goal is like provide content for many love members. The second goal is supply chain interdiction. We keep track of the red kill mills we do. Keep track of the like kill the kill value we get every month. How many kills we get every month? How many freighters? Uh, we keep note of like big like cool freighters. Like we killed an FCON freighter carrying eighteen plastic wraps last month. Oh wow! Well, <laughs> which was tell us what a plastic wrap is. Oh, so that's the container that is created when you make a courier contract. So if you want someone to move something, you make a courier contract to them. Uh, when you, when they accept it, all the items that you put in the courier contract are then in a container called a plastic wrap, which cannot be, items cannot be removed or put into it without breaking the plastic wrap. If you break the plastic wrap, you can no longer fulfill the contract. So when you gank a freighter, every item in the freighter has a 50-50 chance of dropping. So... 18 plastic wraps, the chances of zero of them dropping are pretty slight, but that's what happened. Uh, and that was probably headed for the south for test CO2, FCON uh, stuff down uh, over near Delve. So that was kind of cool. I was pretty happy with that kill. Yeah. Hey, Kiela, do you want to tell us like the, the relationship between Minilove and Code? Because I've always been a little unclear on this. Yeah, it's unclear to a lot of people. Um, it's, it is kind of an interesting one. Um, a lot of gankers and high sec in general have kind of been a tight-knit community because there's not many of us. Um, most of us are either in Minilove or, or Code Dot. Um, and contrary to popular belief, they are separate organizations. The, where the confusion comes from is a lot of Minilove members have alts in, in Code Dot. Um, a lot of code, uh, code members have alts and goons. Um, so there's a significant amount of overlap between the organizations, but they are separate organizations with their own uh, unique flavor and uh, means of operation. You know, where Minilove focuses a lot more on the big targets and the freighters and the highly organized fleets that are required to kill those. CodeDot focuses a lot more on the miners and the smaller targets and the solo or the small gang ganks. Code are like our brothers from another mother. <laughs> uh, we're, 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 very we're, we're very close with our friends in, in CodeDot, but they're, they're, they are completely separate organizations uh, as far as leadership goes, um, so, as far uh, as focus goes. So Code is like a code and... Um... Mini Love is like the, the PL and NC of the <laughs> of the high sec ganking world. Actually, that's not too inaccurate. Like the big primary difference is that Code is willing to kill Imperium freighters, where as we only take a small amount of joy from killing Imperium freighters. 
Well, uh, so my, you watch. We have to deal with the diplomats afterwards. <laughs> Toad's caught one of my freighters before. Like, I was piloting it. Oh, what, um, actually, I've heard that uh, PLs, Alter, and Marmite, which kind of do similar things. Or actually, they're more like the but, war deck people. Nah, really? Marmite's the war deckers. No, no, the gankers. They're the war deckers. Well, I heard that a while ago. This might have been like two, two and a half years ago, where uh, a lot of Marmite were actually P- in PL. Uh, that would be surprising to me because I've had a relationship with, like, an in-game uh, social relationship with uh, Toru Bishida for a couple of years now. Okay. And I feel like if, if Marmite was filled with PL guys, they wouldn't be quite so willing to work with us. Maybe, maybe not. I don't You're, know. But... No, no, no. Your information is better than mine, so I'll correct it started uh, just there. This was old, and it was totally unverified, something I just heard from somebody off the cuff. But so you're friends with um, Marmite as well? Well, when you live in high sec, you kind of have to know who people are. So, like, Vendetta Mercenary Group, Complaints Department before they folded, Archetype, uh, Marmite, uh, Noir before they joined Mercenary Coalition. They were pretty cool. We contracted them uh, for Bernjita one year. Yeah. Uh, you just kind of have to know who your neighbors are, because especially, like, in high sec compared to null sec, you can't make anybody leave. In null sec, you can take somebody's sob, you can evict them for where they live. They, they have to go move somewhere else. They'll get out of your hair or they'll, you know, squat in Saranen for three months. Um, but, like, in high sec, you can't make anybody leave Jita. You can't make anybody leave Udama. You can't make anybody, like, get the fuck out of Cameo. So you kind of have to work with your neighbors and you have to be friendly with them. And, in fact, it requires even, like, a greater, uh, like, diplomatic hand than a lot of sex stuff does, I think. Yeah. Have any of the changes that have come around affected you guys, like, the like three minute rule for bumping a freighter or you guys found three, ways around that the three minute rule for bumping freighters never went in it didn't oh. no it didn't. um like that's why you keep losing freighters matt yeah <laughs> no wonder i was like it's been three minutes whatever that's the biggest thing i haven't heard about is the damage control change yeah we had like probably four pretty hefty nerfs in the last few years uh one was the ehp buff to freighters so when they uh, tier-sided damage control is they gave everybody 30% hull resist. That increased the number of guys you needed to kill freighters by 30% to 50%. The result of that is basically any group that's smaller than Minilov folded up shop as far as freighter ganking is concerned because nobody has the numbers to do it anymore. Um, we've got like a dedicated FC team of like 16 people mm-hmm. and we've got 200 people in the SIG and like unless you can hit that critical mass where freighters die, it gets really hard to gank freighters. That was a tough one. The three-minute bumping rule would have basically ended uh, high-sec, like, enterprise-level freighter ganking as well. But they can't do that because it affects, like, the underlying simulation of the software and would have made EVE, like, really unstable if they went in and tried to modify code to make you automatically warp after 30 minutes. Um, was it 30 minutes or three minutes? Three minutes, excuse yeah. me, three minutes. So what was that was just proposed and it never went in. That's interesting. Yeah, a lot of people thought it went in, and, like, we always get people comboing our bumpers saying, like, why haven't I warped yet? And it's like, well ganking hinges on us having a better mechanical knowledge of the game than you, so maybe the <laughs> fact that you don't know why you're warping is why you're going to die. That's very, that's very true. That's a very good point, Boney. Um, you know, gankers have to know the mechanics of the game inside and out. Mechanics that most people never even encounter. Uh, the hyper-dunking nerf was good, but also unfortunate. That was a really interesting, creative way of playing the game. Uh, but ultimately, I think needed to be nerfed because it put too much uh, power in the hands of too few people. I mean, the 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 
the great thing I, I never realized having known about ganking, ganking and gankers for after playing for about three or four years, I never realized just how much effort uh, goes into the, the planning of the whole thing. Um, there was uh, an evening three years ago that um, I went along and popped along with code just to see what they do and how they do it and what it's like. And it was such a smooth operation. Like you land in the station, you trade with the guy, you get your catalyst, you undock, they bounce you around the system because, you know, half of them all pirate and the NPCs would end up chasing you, the NPC police would end up chasing you around the system. And they'd have everything watching the ships coming in, the ships coming out, and they'd pick the target. And for every individual situation that target might potentially be in, there was a solution to get the ganking fleet exactly in the right position at exactly the right time. And that whole thing just just sort of blew me like uh, away, like uh, the the an autopilot fritter. Yeah, I'm glad to finish that sentence too. But um, you know, if, if there's an autopiloting freighter, they'd get the bumping material, they get exactly the distance in front of that bumping freighter, uh, that autopiloting freighter, and then warp the fleet in from a set ping. And because of the timing and the distance, they would know that the the, the ships would land immediately on top of the freighter they wanted to gank in the optimal range of every single person in that fleet. So it would just die. And that just that just blew my mind, like how much effort. And it really did show me how much knowledge the ganking teams have in getting around the various bits of the mechanics and, and picking it all to pieces and making it run as smoothly as it does, not only for, for their operation, but for their members as well. Yeah. I wanted to uh, ask about the, uh, the the propaganda that goes into Burn G Days. You guys do a lot of work, right? To, to kind of this has been something that's been sold over the years, very publicly. Like this big thing's going to happen, and you're, you're invited to be on one side or the uh, you know or not the other to avoid being ganked and stuff. Is there any anything you guys want to say about the publicity that you guys do to get the word out? I mean, this time it was a big deception, which was interesting. I didn't know until literally um, the article was written that it was the information wasn't true. And what do you, what have you done in the past? Anything like that? So let's see, Burnamar, we also did a cancellation gimmick working. He joked right. that he was quitting the game. Uh, the year before that, I think we had some videos made and some posters made and stuff like that. I don't know. The idea is that you want to get everyone to come to Jita and do this kind of weird, like kind of staccato type fleet where every 15 minutes you do something for five minutes or three minutes. And so you have to hype it up because if you don't have hundreds of people there, literally hundreds of people there, it's not going to work out well. It's not going to be fun. You're not going to kill freighters. So we use a lot of propaganda, a lot of pings, a lot of uh, like posts in the forums that like are kind of mega hype. And it's almost like if you read the post I made about Burnji, it seems like I'm on cocaine the entire time. Uh, <laughs> but you have to like hype it up and propaganda it up and spin it up so that people come out and they think that they're going to get into this really cool thing that is really cool but it's not a conventional means of gameplay compared to what most Imperium line members are used to. And I think it works. We get people from all sorts of alliances. We had some guys from PL and Slice join yesterday. Uh, we invited some of our old friends in that country to come and join us. Uh, and like, it really is this cool event that just about anybody can join as long as you can figure out how to get in the fleet. Yeah, I have uh, real life friends that were 
uh, super excited about Bernjita. They'd be like, yeah, I've got like my, you know, 20 ships ready to go. And uh, even people at INN, like uh, Skeptic was like, yep, I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, it's almost like everybody's packing to go camping together. It's yeah. a holiday. Yeah. It, and like part of that hype too is the whole like supply of it. Like I start getting excited when I see the courier contracts coming from Noel that have 100,000 small guns in it. Or I get a contract for 10,000 courser holes. Like we've been preparing for it for essentially like four weeks. That's when I think Matani put me on the spot and was like, when can we have it? Uh, and like since that very day, that very day we had like a mini love meeting and we just got people together, started handing them out tasks, started like as things started finishing, as we got the propaganda done, as we started getting cans of ships that we we're going to hand out and fit, uh, we you know would start pinging out images of it to get people hyped up and show like how much planning is going into it. And like these big, long, wordy, bony tooth posts that have like a thousand words in them. Yeah. What was up on the screen? Uh, the Bernjita that looks like World War Z is one of my favorite posters uh, in, in EVE. Yeah, that's a, I remember that one. That one's a really great one. I'm surprised they haven't released a travel advisory yet. Uh, CCP hasn't. You mean this time around they haven't told people to watch out? Nope. Uh, they did it for Bernjita 2. They had a big pop-up that happened when you entered game. Uh, Bernjita 3, they had something on the launcher. Uh, Burnamar, I can't remember if they did anything or not. Some people get pissed off about it. Like CCP shouldn't put their hand on this, the proverbial scale like that. I wouldn't mind it. People know Burn G is happening. That doesn't stop the fact that they have to move freighters. They have to move stuff. They have to get stuff into yeah, who, and out who are, of Gita. Who are the victims of this? Uh, you know, because you know, NC finishes their stuff long before this happens, uh, or at least I see more activity. Like, yeah, we're doing contracts. Do them now. And, uh, um, so who gets caught? Uh, lots of people. We've killed like a lot of highly hostile people. We killed a bunch of test dudes yesterday. A lot of people that are just absolutely oblivious to the idea that anything uh, can happen in the game outside of the client itself. Um, I will give it to NC. The Estonians are pretty good. Uh, that's where you guys have a, an Estonian corp that does most of your logistics. Uh, and they're pretty hard to catch. Uh, and they probably have a good ear to the ground with respect to uh, Burnjita. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, all kinds of people, like just normal John Q pub lords that have no idea about the overall game, like what the real game is. Uh, you know, people that just have to move stuff, people that, um, you know, need to sell stuff in Jita, even like, even people are still running red frog contracts. I think we saw a guy insurance frauding red frog last night. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He, we ganked him three times in an hour. Uh, each time he undocked in a triple expanded Fenrir with stuff inside of him, but like 700 million worth of stuff. And the cutoff for red frog is about a billion isk. So we think he was platinum insuring his freighter and then getting ganked and then collecting red frog insurance and just doing that over and over again. Oh, wow. Has he figured out a way to make money on this? Uh, I think right now at NullSec mineral prices, you can insurance fraud freighters and get money. <laughs> I love the gameplay. It's like uh, there's so many layers to it. But what are the politics of the um, the ganking itself? Like People complain about this a lot. It's all there for a reason. Like no, the, I mean, when they talk about new players, a lot of people come and say, hey, you guys. Well, first of all, aren't it's, it's not new players running a freighter. No, but getting ganked. Uh, getting ganked in high sec by groups like this, uh, the interdict supplies going back and forth. There's a lot of complaints about 
you guys are kill, killing the game. You're killing the new people that are that you know are just getting started. That kind of stuff. Um, didn't CCP run a study on that? Um, at least for new players. Um, this was at uh, FanFest, I believe, 2015. Um, mm -hmm. CCP actually ran, um, looked at the numbers and looked specifically at the players that were ganked in their first um, 30 days. And they actually found that the players that were ganked, ganked uh, which you know, they defined as, you know, where, where Concord killed the aggressor. No, no, this isn't true. They did a study and they found that people that engaged in either consensual or non-consensual PvP within their first 30 days were more likely to continue playing the game. Yeah, it wasn't, limited, it wasn't limited just to ganking and it wasn't it, limited just to high sec. It wasn't, but they did break out those and found that those were the most likely to, to stick around. But I think it was the discrepancy was getting shot, not actually getting killed. So I, I guess if you get shot, that heart rate goes up and you're like, wow, this is exciting. And I escaped and or it didn't. And so that was kind of the thrill, like they got that kick. But I don't know. This isn't my field. I just, uh, I just. Uh, I mean, certainly I see if it you, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, certainly if you go like onto the Facebook, uh, the the Eve Online Facebook page, oh, God. it is literally post after post after post after post going. Oh my God! Ger code, ger gankers. Why do you do this? You should all be banned. Blah blah. And people replying, going, "Don't be dumb. What are you talking about? It's part of the game mechanics." It happens. You gotta play smart. You know, and it's just, it's just post after post of all that sort of stuff. I mean, and and you're totally right though. It's not pe people that I mean, maybe skill injectors kind of have meant that people can you know get into a freighter really, really early. But then again, I also sit there and question why brand new people are spending that much money on a game to get into a freighter when they barely understand the mechanics of the game to begin with. Um, but it's yeah, there's 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 always this low level sort of rage <laughs> that goes on through the social media around Eve and on the forums about gankers all the time, and I find it so bizarre. But then again, I've been playing for five years, so I understand it. Highsec is a very bizarre place. I think that this is kind of like a weird philosophical. Highsec is scary. Mm -hmm. Um. Like, why do people play Eve? And, like, why do they do what they do in Eve? Um, like, I was originally attracted to Eve because Eve is one of the few games where you can truly mechanically be the bad guy. You can be the villain in Eve. You can be the person that's shitting on people's dreams. You can be, like, it's the first game where you can really be the bad, or, bad guy since Dreadwords and Ultima Online. Um, oh. I started scamming people 10 days out in Eve. And at some point, you have to draw the line and say, well, at what point am I, like, ruining someone's enjoyment? And at what point is, like, my enjoyment starting? And I think Eve facilitates you to like do like bad things to people and things that people complain about in game and things people can take about, take a stance about and say, oh, you're ruining the game. Like that's part of the game is being able to do things that people think is ruining the game, right? Bodie, are you a bad guy in real life? Are you like a gangster or something? No, like up until recently, I was a teacher. Ah, <laughs> holding young minds. Perfect. Uh, I love that. college mine, so they're already really broad. Oh, but, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Like but, in every game I played, I've always been a nice guy that helps people and teaches people how to do stuff. And like that's the beautiful thing about Eve is that you can be the cancer that's killing the game from the inside. It brings out the inner asshole in you. <laughs> well, you know, most of my career has been customer service, so you can understand where the asshole would come out. <laughs> 
but I don't think that newbies are getting ganked that much. I think miners are, but I think that that's a lesson you need to learn is that there are trade-offs between ships and people get ganked every now and then. And some people aren't smart enough to realize their retriever isn't going to last that long when you're mining one jump from Jita. I don't think a lot of like day one freighter pilots are getting ganked. Mm. I think yeah, a lot of players returning. I think a lot of players that return to the game and don't think about the consequences of undocking a freighter because they've just returned to the game and they're just like kind of moving stuff around. I think that they've become victims a lot. Uh, those are the only ones that maybe I'm like, uh, it kind of sucks to kill this guy because he's more likely to unsub after he loses everything he owns on day one of coming so back guys, to play. You guys actually think about that stuff. I've been doing this for like three years. I think, think about a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can tell when people come back to the game and they've undocked a freighter because it has all the most recent CCP like flavor items in it. That they give right. out for free. They just they cashed they in all the stuff that they. Caps. Yeah, so like you can tell when someone's just logging, but just coming back to the game, and their super carrier or their Titan is fitted with a fit from three years ago, and you could you could just tell. That's a good question too. Like, how do super hunters feel about that? Like, some dude resubbed his account, idiotically logged in his Titan without being safe, without having eyes in system, and they get ganked. That person's probably not going to play the game again. But when they when CCP was giving out the geckos. That was the freighter we saw all the time, the freighter with 12 geckos in it, because they gave out a round of seven and a round of five. <laughs> and if you saw 12 geckos in the freighter, you'd know that that guy just came back. That's, <laughs> That's that funny. is so interesting psychologically to, to be able to, it's like uh, almost like archaeology, right? Look at this layer, this crust of soil. We know what, you know, we know what existed at this time, so we therefore know what this is. That's, that's brilliant. Another... Um... Another interesting thing I've seen with the player psychology, it seems like the longer somebody goes in the game before the first time that they lose a ship to another player, whether it's to a gank or to you know another player in null sec or low sec, the longer it has been before their first before their first loss, the worse they tend to react. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like your first love, right? you don't get out of the way in high school it ends up becoming too big a deal uh in your late 20s wow that was philosophical right yeah there. I was, I was, i'm trying to get over the cow around. tipping yeah I'm trying I to mean, change the, my image from the, but the, for those go ahead. people that the people that lose ships all the time um you know this is you know one thing that we try to instill in people in, in goons is get out there lose ships get used to it because the more often you do it the less big of a deal it's going to be when it happens because it's going to happen to you and eve it is an inevitable in eve if you haven't been a lost male yet you're going to be um it's you know unless you never undock so Rem reminder to our new players who are watching this who people who don't know the game that well and are just getting up to speed couple things to remember don't undock in any ship that you can't afford to replace so don't just don't by definition Putting all of your earthly goods into your freighter and undocking is something you can't replace. Don't do that. Well, I, I've had inst. Sorry, go ahead. Do you want to do a second? And second, yeah. Secondly, every time you go to undock, you should do a mental calculation in your head that says, "I have now put these poker chips on the table. This asset is at risk. I may very well have to replace it. Get my head around that now. I may have to replace this." Okay, now on dock. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I've found, and this happened with data, right? I had a lot of artwork on the drive and uh, a lot of my professional artworks. I was actually in the middle of organizing it and the drive just 
it didn't die, but something about the firmware wasn't making it readable. So it's kind of half dead, like there may be a way to res resurrect it, uh, which is even worse, right? But when, when I lost all that, I was like, that feels really good. It felt like freedom, getting rid of all that baggage that you carry around. Like if I got ganked with all the stuff I've had since the beginning, I would actually be probably pretty happy about it. I know that sounds really counterintuitive, but... If, uh, if Minilove had another like globby level theft from it again, part of me would be kind of happy because I could probably just quit the game finally. <laughs> like you, you're addicted to this sort of thing? Yeah, it's going to take somebody like absolutely crushing my gameplay, uh, I think, to make me stop. So like in some weird, dark, sick, twisted way, it's like, God, I hope I get robbed. The same thing. Yeah, I feel the same thing. Like somebody put me out. I can't stop. I mean, the last time we recovered pretty fast, though. Yeah. The things that you own, own a part of your soul. The, the less stuff you own in life, the more freedom you have. It's crazy. I know, because there's all these power tools in my garage. Like, I should be using them or letting, setting them free. <laughs> so what's, what's, um, what's the future look like for you guys? Obviously, Boney, you're going to stick around because this is still exciting. Uh, and are you having as good a time this time as... So last for Burnamar, I was actually out of town for most of Burnamar. I uh, woke up that Friday and ganked until ganked for about seven hours. And then I went to a wedding for the entire weekend. And I came back on Sunday and ganked for like seven hours. So I haven't really gotten to do this since 2014. I'm having a great time. Uh, yesterday, we had two 250-man fleets up for about six or eight hours. As it turns out, that puts a real big dent in your Coercer supply. You know, dropping 180 Coercers on each uh, target. Uh, we killed like 330 billion of stuff yesterday. We've killed uh, nine or so jump freighters. Uh, we've almost Gosh. paid for Burnjita already in terms of loot scooped. I heard we got another Asbel this morning. So that puts us up to at least like 25 billion. Um, as far as wow. the future of Minilove, so like I said this earlier, like when I started out, I was interested in like constant on-demand content. And then when I started FCing, I loved getting like big kills. And then I loved getting red kills and making lots of money from it. Uh, and at this point, like I saw Warakini go through this and I'm kind of there too. At this point, the most interesting thing to me is watching other people FC and provide content to the SIG seeing how we can develop talent, seeing if we can get ourselves active in all three time zones. Right now we're pretty active in U.S. and very active in EU, but AU isn't there. Uh, I like figuring out like new and interesting tactics for ganking with the FC and leadership team at Minilove. Um, and as long as CCP doesn't give us like some crazy nail in the coffin that makes ganking more effort than it's worth, because it's already an extraordinary amount of effort, mm -hmm. we'll keep on going. The number one rule of Minilove is that the SIG comes first because we gank to perpetuate the SIG so we can keep on ganking and give content to our members and support the membership so that they don't have to do things like rat. They can just gank to their heart's content. So, like, that's what the future is. Just keep this crazy Ouroboros of ganking going. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good... That, that brings us to a good point, uh, Boney. There's a lot of behind the... You know, you see the DPS characters, but they're... And, you know, you see the bumpers sometimes, but there's a lot of support behind the scenes, especially for something like Burnjita. I think at some point we've probably had maybe 30, 40 people just doing support roles to find the targets, hold the targets by bumping them, and get loot secured um, just to keep you know, just to keep Burnjita running. So that's a lot of you know a lot of people that are just you know working behind the scenes to make an event happen. 
I'm loving the uh, comment section about uh, people are putting down their torture stories, <laughs> how this game tortures. <laughs> so true. When people say like, uh, I think when Brave Newbies came around and said like, hey, if you're not having fun, stop playing it, right? And I was like, wrong. Totally wrong. <laughs> this game isn't fun. It's, a, it's like a job. Uh, and, uh, and you can't let it go for some reason. It's like a weird, like masochistic level of fun. Totally. I don't know, but that's also the point. Like, I think everyone wants some kind of legacy for them in this game. Like, everyone that's playing at, like, the really high top level, like, big null-sec blocks or, like, you know, established low-sec corporations. Everyone wants some kind of weird legacy in this game. Everyone wants to be kind of E-famous. Uh, and I think that's, like, what I've been striving for with Minilove is to, like, pass it on to whoever takes it over next, just like War did to me. I get that feeling, too, is of um, building something and then passing it on a deal. Yeah. It's like a big like responsibility thing, and that's why people keep on playing. Also for like sick ganks and dope ass ransoms and getting here to local, <laughs> but you know, right? Those are just the side benefits, the fringe benefits. The yeah, idea is to build legacy. Yeah, you get some plex along with that legacy. Yeah, right. I heard you uh, on the the uh, you had a appearance on the meta show, and you you sleep on your piles of isk. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I was actually looking for something I can give you to give away to the crowd at the end of the show uh, in Jita right now. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. We should make a certificate, like free pass, you know, <laughs> don't, don't kill me. Just some kind of, that would be funny, wouldn't it? Like c code uh, won't ironically, kill me. That, ironically, that's been some of the scams that have been going on in Burn Jita. Like... Oh shit, Concord's coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. We knew. We knew that it was possible. All right. Well, this has been really interesting. Uh, I haven't, uh, besides Tiberius's article, haven't really seen. Actually, that's not true. One time, Code was uh, just doing a bunch of uh, yanking, and I don't know. It just happened to be peaking at the time, and I just went live when I was working at Even News Twenty Four with it. We just streamed it, you know, and, uh, and they got a bunch of watchers off that. I don't know what made me do that, but I did. And it was interesting to watch them behind the scenes. So. I wanted to ask, we, we do have to like announce the winners, uh, McLeod, if you could pick people who've asked good questions or made good comments. Uh, just pick three three winners and we'll give them. Pick one know. for me. Pick a fourth for me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, let's pick a fourth. That'll be the special prize. I'm going to give uh, somebody uh, a piece of loot from the famed Krima Cakes, which is where we store all of our most interesting and unique items in Jita. What's it called? Krima Cakes? The Krima Cakes. Oh. <laughs> Uh, it's where capsule dreams go to get go to die go to get looted by mini love and sit and hang her for a while yeah oh i met um i actually met i'm, I'm doing these csm interviews right and I'm, i met a guy from australia that's my like my new favorite eve player because he's he flies he's just you have to listen to this interview it's like the funniest thing uh i was cracking up uh just talking to him but he's he kind of very nonchalantly says, "Yeah, I, you know, I had an expensive loss. I drove a freighter into head GP." <laughs> you know, like, oh God! Well, like fool. <laughs> but I learned my lesson. And then a few minutes later, it's like, "Yeah, I lost another freighter in Ranser." <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but I learned that lesson too. So uh, it's just my new favorite guy because he plays. And I was like, "Do you blitz missions?" And he goes, "No, I, I like, I, you know, I blow everything up in there, and then." I even blow up some of the structures after the mission's over because I like to see the explosions. <laughs> I was like, you're amazing. You this is... Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, and his name is uh, Victor Caraca. Uh, so listen to that if you get a chance. And another interview I did off topic, but um, the reason I brought him up, and I was thinking of bringing him on the show, but it's way too late his time, was to um, have him be the other side of it, you know, like losing freighters. But um, a little off topic, I also interviewed this Russian guy who didn't fill in his paperwork, so we really didn't do the interview. Um, but I heard this thing clicking in the background constantly, very periodically, and I was like, "Are you are you loading a are you loading a gun?" Are you <laughs> I was really uh, that whole interview was really funny, and he's like, "Oh, that's no, my mom sewing." I was like, "Oh, okay." Uh, so you meet all kinds of people doing these um, interviews, so it's really interesting. Uh, it's been an interesting so far. We think we put out like ten of them so far, and that was only in two days. So we're going to continue all week with that. Uh, and so you're going to see just a deluge of stuff on this um, feed. If you ha- subscribe to the podcast feed, they're all going to be there uh, as well. But cool. Uh, this has been an education uh, for me. And Boney, you seem like an upstanding citizen in the chasing you. Um, I mean, depends on who you ask. Right. <laughs> what end of the guns you're on? So we asked the Facebook Eve page. You're, you're not off that scale at all. I, I uh, they, when, won't, they won't even know who I am. All they care, all they see is code. Equipment I have, to the system. I have this a confession a story and, that uh, I had a. I had just joined NC and I was moved, I was war decked. So of course I was going to use my uh, MPC alt to move my jump freighter. Uh, except I forgot to switch out the pilots, so I undocked in the war decked uh, NC pilot. And got only a few gates before I got trapped. And I and I looked and I was like, oh no, uh, I'm trapped. And I was getting shot and I was going down super fast. And I was like, I'm dead. So I pounded my fist on the table and walked away for like 20 minutes and just didn't want to see my demise. It was only like 8 billion or something. And that's not a lot to people who are in NullSec, but it is a lot to people who aren't. And I came back 20 minutes later and I was on, I had a shred of hull left. So the guy was leaving me alive. <laughs> and I... You know, it felt like a spider, you know, was just wrapping me up for later. But he's like, he, I looked and he, you know, contacted me a lot. And he's like, jump out of the freighter. I just want the freighter, you know, and that way it doesn't uh, show up uh, on your kill board. So he was trying to incentivize me to give him all my stuff. And I was like, okay, sure. Because as soon as I jumped out, all my skills didn't apply to the ship. So its hull went negative and it exploded. I've seen this happen. <clears throat> And there was no kill mail. There was no kill mail generated, <laughs> but he didn't That's get That's fantastic. <laughs> We've seen that happen a few times. That's really fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> if you're going to be ganking someone, make sure they have a little more buffer down there and all. So you don't want to get them too low. Uh, all right. Let's move into announcements and uh, wrap up the show. Uh, Tiberius, what do you got? Uh, lots and lots and lots and lots of stuff uh, happening this weekend. Little little plug for uh, the EVNT guys. There's a Valkyrie stream that's kicking off very, 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 very shortly, which is to raise some money for as part of Game Blast uh, 2017, um, which is for the uh, Kids Charity Special Effect, uh, where it's kids who have physical disabilities um, help make them custom-made controllers uh, so they can play their favorite games and things. Um, so that's going on. That's not just an EVNT thing. It's like a whole... Uh, Twitch Roid thing, but uh, Eventy is doing a Valkyrie stream for that one. Tomorrow we have the uh, Eventy Championship Major League, um, where we are going to be seeing whether the other team, which is also known as the Tuskers, will be uh, taking the lead over the Clever Girls, which is Pandemic Horde, who currently both sit tied at the top of the uh, top of the table. Uh, 
We've also got, we also had the announcement of the prize for this championship, which is the uh, Raven IGC skin, which is an amazing looking skin. But CCP are also releasing um, a Cormorant, a Caracor and Drake version of the skins for available to buy in the Nexi store as well. They are great looking skins. We also have a bunch of meetups this weekend. There's the DCVAMD area meet in Falls Church, Virginia, and that's at the Dogfish Head Ale House. Sounds like a really cool place. I've got to try that one out. We also have the DF, DFW Eve meet. That's in Irving, Texas, not the other one, which I found out is in California. And that's at Fuzzy's Taco Shop. Then we also have uh, the Dresdner Stamich. I'm not German, so I'm probably pronouncing that really badly. Uh, that's at Dresden uh, in Germany. Uh, again, that's today as well. Um, and then there's the Houston, Texas monthly meetup, uh, which is happening at the King's head pub so there's a lot of stuff going in texas today if you're in those areas go check them out details can be found on evemeet.net um you should be seeing those on the screen as we speak um and go and uh, check out those meets all right cool thanks for all that information uh, it's terrific so it's time to announce our winners and uh i guess i will let uh boney um go ahead and read off uh who he wants to have uh, his special surprise and then we'll go on with the other prizes as well uh, well, I figured out what my special surprise is. Oh, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago on the Meta Show, I mentioned one of the most interesting ganks we had was this item called, it was filled with this item called Long Limb Rose. Like, <laughs> are. are you guys familiar with the Long Limb Rose? Sounds like an aphrodisiac. Uh, it's an old station trading item that like NPCs put up buy orders for and sell orders for, and you buy, you buy low in one place and you sell high in another place. Uh, and I've got 560,000 units of it, which is worth approximately 1.4 billion. So wow. we'll give that oh, out to whoever. Dang. And maybe maybe they'll undock it in a freighter and we'll catch them later today. <laughs> we'll get it back for the next show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So uh, uh, I didn't have anything to do with this list, but I'm going to, uh, um, the producer McLeod went through the comments and found people who were participating and um, making good comments or, um, you know, uh, basically just being good in the chat. So we'll start with the special prize going to uh, Dis Mafuga. The more I think about that name, the harder it is not to say it, uh, say it properly. But uh, he'll get the special prize of the s special roses. Rose, <laughs> Rose. Rose, okay. That's awesome. Congratulations. The Roracle Blueprint will go to Muaza, M-U-A-Z-A. We're going to get you a Roracle M-E-9. Uh, blueprint blueprint copy i'll keep the original thanks and uh we're gonna have um orca uh, blueprints for i am a lovely penguin i love that name by the way great name <laughs> and beast mode benji both of you guys get uh orca blueprints and i think those are also at nine for you and you know what you're in luck because orcas are going to be more popular now so congratulations you guys um really appreciate the participation Anything else? Do you want to have any goodbyes they want to say? Uh, can I give a quick shout out? Of course. I want to just uh, give a quick shout out to all of the leadership people in Miniwove that have been making Burn Gita possible. I've been like an awesome crew of guy for going on two years now. Uh, Assassin Gaelic, I do, Frankie Yeager, Hellfelm, Joe Painter, Kachiko Samo, Logical Fallacy, Rollo Hightower, especially you, KZR Sugar, I do, Viserion Pavarius, and of course, my first true love, Warakini. <laughs> Aww. Thanks for doing that. Anybody else want to say anything? Carneros? Shout out to the Bastion. Thank you 
to my guys losing uh, Rorquals during the show. <laughs> <laughs> nice that really done. That really happened. All Actually, right. just one. But okay. dude, please. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Thanks very much, uh, everyone, for coming. Really appreciate it, Boney. Thank you guys uh, for having me on. This was awesome. Yeah, I'm going to gank for twelve hours. Good luck um, with that. One more thing, we are uh, just checked up to about 341 billion for the burn due to event so far. Wow. Wow, that's a lot of damage. All right, guys, thanks a lot. This, that's it for us today. We'll see you next week.